body knows what it needs in every moment. And a beautiful practice that women can do and men can also do for getting in touch with their feminine too, both men and women. But it's just each morning and whenever they feel they need to, but if they really want to work on it and really want to to delve into that is each morning coming to their altar in their sacred space, holding a hand on their heart, holding a hand on their womb or their belly around here, whichever they feel connected with, and just deeply breathing into that space, taking a deep breath, closing the eyes and just asking, asking, what do I need? Welcome to Doing It For The Dharma. In this series, we'll be following the stories of inspiring humans who are following their soul's calling. I'm your host, Maddie Lynch, the vegan yogi traveler, and it is my mission to share these inspiring stories with you so that you too can feel the inspiration to follow your dharma. Hello, beautiful souls. I warmly welcome you back to yet another episode of Doing It for the Dharma. It is so good to have you here, and this week's episode is absolutely incredible and so, so educational on so many levels. But before we dive into that, I'd just love to share a little bit about what is going on for me right now. Uh, If you do hear any animal or bird noises in the background, I'm currently on my beautiful, beautiful sister's family farm, which is in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And we're just surrounded by lots of nature. And yeah, there's a lot of animals about. So please excuse any sounds that you may hear. You can just embrace them for this intro and the outro. But um, yeah, so if you guys listened to my last week's episode, you'll know that I was leaving Bellingham where I was for three months and I had a bit of a digital detox or a, a social media detox in particular, um, mainly because I didn't have a phone contract anymore and I was traveling in Lucy's van, so there was no Wi-Fi. Um, But it was really, really good for me because I do find it very hard to step away from social media, especially because a lot of my business is kind of within that realm and the podcast and just a lot of my offerings um, do revolve around being active online. So I find it a little bit challenging. So in a way, I was kind of forced into the scenario to take a break. And honestly, it was absolutely amazing. It was so, so nice just to disconnect and I felt that I was able to really relax a lot more because I didn't have any emails to check or I had emails to check but I wasn't able to check them and um, just knowing that no one could reach me or get hold of me was just so nice you know I felt like I could finally just take that time to really come into my own energy field just reground and really just enjoy every single moment that unfolded and there was so much magic that did take place during those nine or ten days. Um, so Lucy and I left Bellingham and we traveled in her van and we just had the most 
epic adventures. We had like some beautiful sacred sister time with other sisters and we camped on a beach and the stars were so bright and the moon, even though it was half full, was so bright and I actually decided to sleep on the sand like in my sleeping bag and fully under the stars, which I haven't actually done before and it was such a warm night and woke up before the sunrise and yeah the night before we were all like just dancing naked in the ocean and then we saw dolphins and just had a beautiful beautiful sister ceremony with oracle cards and oh my goodness it was absolutely amazing and yeah it was just so many moments occurred that were just so so precious and just having that little road trip with the van with Lucy was just so epic and um I took a lot of photos I'm gradually posting them on Instagram if you are curious over what we got up to and um as well if you've been kind of following my journey a little bit you'll know that um very soon and literally like nine days and not that I'm counting no I'm totally counting um I'm going to the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean to be reunited with my beautiful sacred beloved and I'm so excited and um yeah that whole journey is just gonna start a brand new chapter of my life and I'm I feel like I'm really really ready for it so it's really beautiful to be at Lucy's family farm just to have this space to really reground connect back to Mars and nature reconnect back to myself and really just yeah really just take this time to reflect because this is really where my journey all started on her family farm in Mossville almost a year ago when she um her and her family rescued us from this dodgy community so yeah to come back full circle is pretty surreal and i feel like it's a cycle that is ending so a new one can begin so for now that's a little bit about where i'm at and now i'd love to dive into my beautiful interviewee I always refer to her as the tantric goddess whenever I'm talking about her to my friends and my beloved, but her name is Carmela and she is the most epic human being. She is a divine goddess in human form and she is just, she blows my mind in so many ways. Um, So Carmela is a tantra teacher or she studied immensely in the realms of tantra she's an embodiment teacher she's a women's mentor she's a beautiful wife to a beautiful husband adam her twin flame and yeah she offers sensual dancing for women she just has so much knowledge she studied yoga over 10 years ago she studies ayurveda and just so so much and I wish I could have sat with Carmela for at least 10 hours because there was just so many areas that we could have dove into because she's just so versed in a lot of beautiful, beautiful practices. But yeah, this episode was really, really educational. Um, Carmela so graciously shared so much of her wisdom and her knowledge with us, which was really amazing. So some of the things that we dove into was the power of having a sadhana, so which is a spiritual practice. Carmela shares a lot about the divine feminine expression and the divine masculine, what both of those actually mean and how we can balance these divine feminine masculine within ourselves. She explains she explains traditional tantra versus neo-tantra 
she explains the alchemical processes within Tantra, so sublimating the sexual energy. Carmela shares about sacred union, what that actually means and how we can invite our sacred partner into our lives. She also shares her twin flame story of how she met her beautiful husband, Adam, the love of her life. And even she shares some of her spoken word poetry in the episode, which is absolutely amazing. There's so many other topics that we dive into, but those are some of the most prevalent ones. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at that, guys. I really recommend that you just have a space where you can really soak this in, maybe have a little notebook and a pen nearby because you are going to want to write shit down for sure. This episode is a bit long, but um, it's so rich with content. So you can listen to it in a few parts if you need to. But yeah, really soak up every word that Carmela so generously offers. So I hope you enjoy the interview, guys. Okay, guys, before we dive in, quick little story of how Carmela and I met because I realized I totally forgot to share that. So I was living in Bellingham, as you probably know from now. And I had a little like market of my clothes that I was just selling at this this tiny little community market. And I just noticed this guy in the store next to me like selling fruit, I think it was. And he looked super, super familiar, looked like a really nice guy, but we didn't have any interaction. Anywho, the next day I go to a cafe to see my friend and that guy sat at the table. So I went and said, hey, I saw him at the market yesterday and he said he just moved here with his beautiful wife. Anywho, literally a few days after, Carmela starts following me on Instagram and I'm like, who the hell is this beautiful tantric goddess? Like, oh my goodness. And yeah, so I followed her back and sent a few messages. And as I was watching her stories, I realized that guy at the market in the cafe was her husband. (laughs) So it was such a beautiful synchronicity that we connected and then He'd mentioned Carmela without me knowing who she was, and it's so beautiful. But anyway, since then, um, Carmela and I were just constantly seeing each other around town. So we met up first, had a great time, and then we just see each other, like, almost every day we bump into one another, and it was almost hilarious. And, yeah, such a beautiful message from spirit that we're just vibrating on that same wave and just flowing within the same alignment, which is really beautiful. And even though we did only connect a few times in the physical I feel yeah really really deeply connected to Carmela and really really love being within her energy and I know that you're going to absolutely love this interview so enjoy everyone hey beautiful Carmela welcome mm-hmm. to doing the Dharma. thank you so much yeah I'm so so grateful to be here with you and be having this beautiful conversation and to dive in, so thank you. Mm, thank you. It is an honor, as you just mentioned, you haven't done a podcast before, yeah. so I'm so excited. Mm. The first question I would love to ask you is what does Dharma mean to you? Mm, beautiful question. To me, well, you know, Dharma, as we love to look at it, is our, our soul's purpose, our life's purpose. So When you say the word dharma initially, I really, I see these bright sparks of, you know, our calling, what we're here on earth to do and and what we also come through our karmas for as well. We work through our karmas for Mm. and to end up in a space where we're offering that and living in purpose and living in service. Um, And I guess that could really look in one way of 
as a profession or an offering mm -hmm. but also on another level like when I feel into it Dharma to me also can just be those little things every day that you're here mm -hmm. on earth to do you know and it may not be a profession like your Dharma may be just to to be a kind person you know your Dharma may just be or not just but your Dharma may be that you know, you are meant to be making spaces beautiful wherever you go all your life or your dharma may be that you're meant to be in support of, deep support of your friends throughout your life. And, you know, it's, yeah, it becomes like all those little things that are beyond just a, a profession mm. or beyond an offering. Yeah, those little dharmic roles that we, we play out each day. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that response, and I think it's so mm. true. Like we hear the word dharma, I'm like this is my life purpose, and mm. it must be my mm -hmm. job. Mm. And um, so I really love that you wove that in. Like yeah, can you be a kind person, smiling to people, spreading totally. joy? Yeah. Mm, so powerful. Thank mm. you for sharing that. And You're welcome. <laughs> As I mentioned, we will pull a little soul card to see mm. what questions spirit for you to share mm. with the listeners oh this is a beautiful one where and when did you feel lost most alive and vibrant describe it vividly and explore what you can do to feel this way more often mm, beautiful mm. <laughs> well I mean I'm, I'm so grateful because there are actually two things that want to speak to this card, I think. <laughs> and one of those things is, is my, my daily offering, my daily sacred time in the morning, you know. That's my daily practice, my sadhana. Mm. And each morning when I get up, it's not a, a set thing of, I'm going to do this, these yoga poses and this and that. Each morning when I wake up, it's feeling into my body and feeling, you know, before I touch social media, before mm. I get, you know, away with my day, it's coming into myself and being like, oh, how does my body want to move? You know, do I want to come into an ecstatic space <laughs> of dance? Or, you know, do I want to stretch out into some beautiful yoga asanas? Or mm. just be with the breath or just stare at the beautiful birds that, you know, <laughs> that are my neighbours in the, the tree that we're living under. or mm. Yeah, so that, that space in the morning, that sacred time, for me, that's the last time I felt, you know, alive and vibrant because it was just this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, it's really that chance to set the tone for my day and mm. to create the connection to my body every day mm. for so that it's set there for the rest of my day and that's what makes me feel most alive and vibrant you know deep embodiment and that beautiful mix of I'm in the feminine I'm listening to my body I'm moving with it but also bringing in that masculine of observance and you know being able to be in a watchful space and allowing and holding the space for my feminine to then experience what wants to come mm. through in that morning so 
you know, when I when I do start my days with that, which is most days, that's when I feel most alive and vibrant. Yeah. And the other thing that jumped out there was alive and vibrant. We, you and I now are sitting in this beautiful town, you know, mm-hmm. Ballingen on Gambangia land and the beautiful Gambangia people and the rivers here, mm. you know, just yesterday <laughs> afternoon. I was out by the river mm. and just sitting and looking into that water and diving in and and each time I'm there is a powerful cleansing and you know a powerful blessing and allowing that beautiful sacred river the water to run over my body and mm. yeah feel that that oneness with her you know feel that connection mm. and oh that that's vibrancy. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I can really feel the mm. passion behind that. I can almost feel that the pleasure that you have in experiencing mm. these practices. And you mentioned the sadhana. And for the listeners, I would love for you to explain what does sadhana mean to you? What does that typically mm. consist of, entail? Mm. I think that'd be really beautiful. Yes, beautiful. So sadhana is a Sanskrit word. And sadhana to me means that practice that gets me into connection with the divine. Mm. So I guess in a very traditional way, if you're looking at um, a Vedic way of living, you know, and that is Ayurveda or yoga or Tantra, there are specific practices that could be your sadhana, Mm. be them, you know, asana, pranayama, meditation, uh, kriyas, all these beautiful ways that we've been able to master the energy moving through the body in order Mm. to connect with the divine. But I really feel as well that there's, um, another world that it means to me which is not inside those specific um, structures of what it what it has looked like in the past but also just any practice that puts me in touch with the divine and with great spirit and for that as well it's not always these practices that are looking out there that's any practices that get me in touch with my body that is my sadhana, you know, and they can be physical, can be dance, be movement, be sensual exploration, you know, it can, it can be my practice, but also in conversations like this, Mm. this can be my sadhana, because this (laughs) is where I'm connecting Mm. to the divine or to great spirit, or in many moments, so but specifically, we yeah would look at more, for example, in my line of offering, mm. we're looking at sadhanas daily. What can we do to bring in a routine time that we, we take to be like, this is my time I'm going to connect in and <laughs> dial in. Yeah, so that's sadhanas of practice, yeah. Beautiful. Thank mm. you for sharing that. Thank and you. I for sure would love to explore the offerings that you do have. But before we do that, yeah. I think it would be really beautiful for the listeners and for curiosity yes. of myself to know how did this journey all begin? I know that you've gained over here so much knowledge and wisdom and learnings and teachings, and I'd love to know where mm. this all started. When was the seed planted and how did that grow and flourish? Wow. Oh, <laughs> I have to think about that question myself. <laughs> Hmm. 
So I would say that I wasn't always so deep in an, you know, I guess we can call it alternative way of life, although I don't like calling it alternative because I believe that it's, it's, it's a part of all of us, you know. Mm. But I would say that my journey started while I was traveling really in my early 20s. <laughs> yeah, traveling through Asia mm. and through India. And it's funny, I was, I was talking about this with my beloved the other day. We asked each other, when was the first time that you really you felt, you know, connection to divine? And mm. for me, it was... I went and visited all these beautiful temples in Asia, as you do, you know, mm. traveling around in your <laughs> early 20s. And mm. there's the whole backpacking team, but there's also you go and visit these temples. And I would go and visit them and I'd just be absolutely silenced mm. by their, like their majesticness, you know, and the energy in those places mm. that I would step onto that land and I'd be really silenced. And I would just sit in a spot. Mm. And it's almost like the energy of those sacred sites took me into, you know, that deep contemplation within. And I didn't know what, I didn't have all these terms for it. Like, you know, the way we can speak now. I didn't, mm. I wasn't aware of that. But I just knew there was this feeling. And that feeling is where it all started. Because then I started following that or you know not chasing that but I started following that I allowed it to guide me I was like oh I want to go to more of these sacred sites and then I went to India and you know (laughs) that's a a story that many of us I'm sure and many people that are listening probably share as well beautiful mother India Mm. yeah so that's I would say that's where it started but when I came back Australia where I really was able to to delve into it and unlock so many parts of myself was in the festival scene wow yeah absolutely Mm. yeah because you know these beautiful conscious and yeah these incredible festivals that we have here these transformative festivals they just hold a space for you to explore that, to explore your being and to connect mm. with other people <laughs> that are doing the same. So that was a big part of unlocking that journey and then meeting the beautiful friends that I did there just, you know, unraveled. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing that part of your journey and mm. and taking that step back. If you could now just kind of introduce where you're at now in your journey mm. and your offerings and the things that you've been learning and have yeah. learned that would be really cool oh beautiful <laughs> yeah well i guess we can sort of you know take off from that point where we were in the festivals i feel like <laughs> tuning in with all the incredible community that i that i did mm. and that was not just in when i was living in victoria that's not just all the beautiful victoria community but also that community is all along Australia, you know, across Australia and across the world as well. So that sense of community is a big part of, of what I've learned and what's become really important mm. to me to be able to express myself mm. and to experience myself and others through that place. And so from there... 
that took me into really realizing that I could live this as a lifestyle. Mm. It wasn't something that I just go travel and do or mm. go to a, a festival and, and be that part of me. But it started really sinking, you know, deep into my bones and really coming out all into my lifestyle. So um, I've been studying, I've been studying yoga since yeah about eight or nine years yeah yeah that was when I first started it's almost 10 years actually yeah so from there that's given me more of like a um a structure to be able to put all these teachings that I was learning here into and understanding so over that time I've just become really passionate about um for one community Mm. to that expression that freedom of expression that we all get to experience um passionate about dance in that way because you know that unlocks so much of of what we're holding Mm. and passionate about yoga and the vedic sciences yeah and Mm. this beautiful vedic wisdom yeah so i've continued studying that and through that I found the beautiful teachings of not only yoga, but also the teachings of Tantra. Mm. And then more recently, in the last two years, the teachings of Ayurveda as well. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, (laughs) it is. It's a whole science of transformation as well. You know, Mm. it's covering our, our body and our vessel through Ayurveda, coming into tune with nature and covering our mind and the psychology of transformation through yoga mm. and tuning into that alchemization of energy through tantra mm. and um, the sisterhood that I that I got to create through that community really helped steer all of that study that I was doing into women's work and divine feminine. Wow. The divine feminine, the divine feminine expression, mm. sensuality and yeah, I, I have my, my beautiful sisters as a big, you know, part of my life to be grateful for because all of that has shown me my dharma. Yeah. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. There's so many elements that you're weaving in. And mm. Yeah, I really, really resonate with that power of the divine feminine and mm. sisterhood connection. I'm like, yeah. yes, I yeah. hope that. I hope. Amen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so many avenues that we could explore here, but the ones that are standing out to me at the moment is Tantra. And I am aware mm. that you study traditional tantra mm-hmm. as opposed to perhaps a neo tantra because i feel that there's a big misconception in the west right mm. when people hear tantra mm. they just think of neo tantra and it's just yep. all about sex so mm. if mm. you're open to sharing um a little bit about the path of traditional tantra and what that encapsulates i think that would provide a more holistic overview for the oh, listeners totally absolutely and yeah you're so right like it is a word that has a lot of um Precomposed ideas, mm. and there is the beautiful Neo Tantra community mm. that are, yeah, doing incredible explorative work within mm. that. Um, and then traditional Tantra is, yeah, it is more about the methodologies of that, 
alchemizing energy mm. you know so um the methodologies of of how to create go to those spaces and those feelings in your body and how can we create that into gold you know and that's why fire is a big part of of tantra because it is that process of alchemization mm. and that process of transformation so in that way traditional tantra really looks like you know it's funny because a lot of what we think is yoga is mm. actually in a way tantra like all the kriyas the bandhas mm. um even like pranayama i mean it's it's also yoga but all of that is and that's why it's really hard for me to separate these three sciences mm. because when we start moving into those fields it's like we're no longer with the psychology we're more with the body and the, mm. the process of alchemy within that so for me whenever i speak about traditional tantra in the way that i practice it it is working with you know the bandhas working with kriyas mm. we can think of it in a way that Tantra understands when when you look at for example and I'll just make this um say this so that we can get a clear understanding mm. is that say from a, a yogic perspective it's more about moving outside of what's in the mind and and having that space of stillness to meditate on whereas from the lineage and what I've been taught mm. by my teachers and you know they're what they say is that tantra is more being like okay well our mind is busy our mind is moving <laughs> it's pretty hard to get to that if mm. you're an an epic yogi in the himalaya like mm. awesome you're probably there but for the rest of us and that's why tantra is traditionally called the householder's path mm. because for the rest of us our mind is going you know <laughs> and it's constantly they call it the vritti mm. vritti is a constant constant spinning of the mind and the process is to eventually get those thoughts to stop but mm. tantra says we can work with that and the way that we work with that is actually giving the mind something to focus on mm. so when we are working with you know visualizations of something we're working with um visualizations of colors or moving energy through the body in this way or that way all of that is tantra mm. you know it's like saying rather than saying okay now still the mind <laughs> so that's pretty hard it says all right your mind's going let's put it somewhere that we can we can get a single we can try and get a single pointed focus mm. and instead meditate on what's moving through the body what's moving through the body and how can we use these incredible practices if we have them in our tool belt how can we use them to create that gold out of mm. you know so yeah it's very much more in the body you know and then when you have that um focuses as we do on the divine feminine and that you know the embodiment of the feminine as well mm. yeah that's where it can get it just gets really juicy and and fun because it's like <laughs> you know i realized when i started studying i was like oh like me and all my sisters we've been doing this already you know yes. we just didn't realize that to call it um yeah 
Yeah, so many, many parts of that because it's a really big scope. It's mm. a really, really big scope. Um, but I do, in saying that as well, I do really um, love to be able to, to study the, the scriptures of it and be able to study those practices because they're, you know, come down through lineages and lineages and they're, um, <laughs> yeah, beautiful and, and sacred and, and, and should be so respected too. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, shedding some light on that. Because I think it is important that people are aware of these like subtle differences and what mm. tantra encompasses, and like the whole system of yoga like came out of tantra. So it's like the two kind of aren't inseparable in the same mm-hmm. way Shiva and Shakti are inseparable. Mm. You know, it's like one of the same. So I think mm. that's beautiful that you shared that. And I love that you mentioned the divine feminine because what one of my beautiful sisters mentioned before I think we just done an ayahuasca ceremony mm. and uh, what, yeah my sister Lila and my brother Nick were having this conversation and they came to the realisation that the masculine the Shiva mode wants to escape the body like transcend mm. the mind go into the higher realms <laughs> and then the feminine wants to feel and be fully in the body and, mm. and it's so so true that really really resonates I think that's great that yeah you mentioned that and how yeah we can just learn to be in the body more like we're so mm. in the heads and like planning ahead and structure mm. and like whereas a feminine is like yeah just let it flow which is mm. more of what we need in this world <laughs> mm, i feel you yes sister absolutely mm. it's you know we are really we are really really in the mind and mm. if we could just tune more into our bodies I really feel that that is what would bring world peace. No, I'm kidding, no, but I'm maybe. Um, <laughs> but I really feel that on a day to day basis, bringing into our coming into our bodies more, mm. um, yeah, it yeah. would just bring us into that connection with ourselves and and mm. nature, for the license to settle. And mm. I love also what you said about the divine masculine wanting mm. to escape or be in that space and that really reminds me of um the beautiful work of David Dider. I don't know if you yeah cool oh my god I love him absolutely um yeah so I've read and listened to a lot of his beautiful work incredible and um that really reminds me of the concept that he talks about (laughs) is the masculine wants that spaciousness and that freedom so that's the Mm. Shiva energy the uh Purusha we call it in you know Ayurveda or even yoga but it's the masculine there with the consciousness and he likes that spaciousness Mm. because before you know Prakriti or Shakti even came and this is when we look at the Sankhya model of philosophy that Mm. both Ayurveda yoga and Tantra is is coming from that this level of philosophy says before the world was even what it was here Mm. this crossing of time and space and matter Purusha Shiva was there mm. just experiencing his nothingness <laughs> his consciousness you know? mm. and there's the beautiful story as well of of uh, Shiva and uh, Parvati mm. as well that sort of mimics this but he's there in his spaciousness and his freedom and it wasn't until he wanted to experience himself that the Shakti came in and there was that beautiful collision, mm. you know, that sacred union that it's all from. Or if we're talking Purusha, then it's Prakriti. Prakriti is the feminine, the Shakti, mm. um, coming in and experiencing 
and so yes like the divine masculine wants to be in that spaciousness <laughs> and often mm. then the woman will want more experience mm. you know and that's what david dido says he's yes. like man he'll need this time to be in that mm. spaciousness and that nothingness whereas the feminine and for those who are in a female body will often tend more to sway to being more in that feminine is like we want more of the experience and we mm. want to talk and we want to feel and we want to do this and we're like more 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 you know so mm. yeah I love what you said about that mm. yeah wow. what you said about that <laughs> sharing I love that you mentioned David yeah like mm. I think I read first the way of the superior man yeah oh my mm. god one of my favorite books and like having wow. read that um, about a year and a half ago I'm like this is the man that I want. I want mm. divine masculine. I want yeah. Shiva. I was looking back at some of my poetry the other day and I just had like one line and underneath it was like dating requirements and it was like, don't treat me any less than the incarnation of the divine feminine. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm living out now. Like mm. that's what I really called in. So I love that you mentioned mm. the sacred union and I know mm. that is a big part of tantra as well Mm. to ultimately dance with the polarities and then Mm. transcend the duality and completely merge so if you can Mm. talk a little bit about that and organization (laughs) (laughs) yes beautiful and i love also what you you said just then as well about writing writing down and perhaps i can i can get back to this but just Mm. something really powerful that you said about you know, writing in, writing down what you're calling in and um, mm. can share some stories about that. But what I love when we talk about sacred union is because I guess a lot of people that have not, um, that are perhaps just new to learning about what these terms are mm. and exploring, they can hear us talk a lot about sacred masculine, sacred feminine mm. and these polarities and think that the masculine means just men. Mm. or the feminine means just women and that's not you know as we know we'll obviously most people will tend to um, sway more into sort of not favoring one but they've learnt their habits through one and that's a product of you know themselves but also of society Mm. you know channeling us that way and but there's that masculine and feminine within all of us mm. and that's what I really love to talk about first before you know we can get into finding that with others and with the world around us but first and foremost that sacred union has to happen within us mm. yeah yeah um. so yeah <laughs> yeah totally and that's like I mean that's life's work you know that for me is like every day trying to marry those two within me you know my sacred masculine my sacred feminine and so the masculine as well I'll just speak about it a little for anyone that may be in that sector and is a bit like what are you talking about am I only this side am I only that side you know um the masculine will be is a bit more of the space holder you know the observer in the things and it can be also a lot of that yeah just holding that space we can think of it as like the structure surrounding and the structure that then the feminine can move through Mm. so as we were saying before the feminine is a lot about feeling and expression and 
all of these beautiful things, but we also need to marry that within ourselves because if we have only just one, it's not really a balance, you know. Mm. If we're all completely in our feminine, which is beautiful and we should be, <laughs> but we have no container to hold it mm. and we're not observing our patterns and our habits because the observer is the, you know, the, the Shiva, the masculine. If we're mm. not observing, we may be just continuously playing out our sam our samskaras, you know, mm. our habits. And samskaras is a, a habit that's deeply ingrained in you. And these are usually habits that you need to process and move through and mm. be liberated from within this whichever karmic cycle it might be this lifetime or many other lifetimes. Mm. Um, coming out of those samskaras to then move closer and closer towards um, complete liberation. Mm. But in order to feel those things, which is the feminine, we also need to observe. And that's a really important part of it. And I'm really, really grateful that my inner masculine is really strong as well, because I want to observe the things that I'm doing every day as well. Mm. I love being in my, my expression and I love being in my intuition and being just moving out of not out of habit but you know moving out of what whatever comes up for me in that moment but I do want to also observe them to be like okay cool let's put this in a bit more of a logical mind now is that what I want to be giving out to the world around me is that what I want to be doing myself mm. you know if we're always moving from our instincts there could be some parts there that those instincts are actually deep habits mm. that are not necessarily serving us. Yeah. So that's where that play of masculine and feminine within us needs to be married and mm. you know it needs to be strong so that we can we can keep moving through and, and liberating ourselves from you know, our own samskaras, our own <laughs> things that are not serving. So there's so many ways you can you can put it, things that are not serving, mm. samskaras, whatever. But yeah, so I love, love mentioning that first and foremost mm. has to be within us, hey? Yeah. Lovely. And just yeah. before you dive into the sacred union, say there was someone who's like deeply attached to being in their feminine, which you mentioned is beautiful. Mm. What mm. practices do you think they could do to adopt more of the, the divine masculine within themselves. Like, what does that look like? Mm. I love that. I love that. And this is where it would, I mean, it would also depend if they really wanted to go into this, what sort of practices they would do would really depend um, also on their doshic imbalance. So this is mm. where, for me, my, I find it hard to mm. <laughs> disconnect that part because... <laughs> they're so ingrained so what practices you take up will also um be a part of that ayurvedic looking at your balance and um mm. and what's there for you but generally speaking if it is coming into that observer a little more so a bit more stillness really it's like <laughs> yeah which you know i love aesthetic dance and all of these moving <laughs> meditations but if someone really is finding like, okay, like I'm really, really in my feminine, which is great. I'm feeling all these 
things and it's all coming up, but I do need a bit more of that, you know, witness consciousness to be able to work through them. So I'm not just keeping looping these things. Mm. I would say more stillness, more stillness meditation, you know. Um, there's beautiful Vedic kriyas, uh, like Vedic meditations that mm. can just bring you more into that stillness. And also if you're someone that finds it hard to sit for more than five or 10 minutes, like that's okay too, perhaps coming into nature Mm. and just sitting and observing nature you know like yeah Mm. rather than coming into nature and keep moving keeping busy go into a forest somewhere where (laughs) that stillness is all around you and just observe just look just you know Mm. yeah beautiful ground in and and come into that witness witness Mm. consciousness thank you so much for sharing that I think Mm. that's so helpful and I love to share a little funny story. Yes. When um I did, so I did a part of a ten a women's tantra teacher training, and mm. it was I went to the first module, but because of COVID, you know, it was in Denmark, so I didn't the the rest didn't play out. Yeah. So like at the very beginning <laughs> of my tantra journey, and it was funny because there was a group of like sixty women, and everyone had to go around and say their intention. They're like, I want more shakti energy. I want to be more feminine. Blah blah yeah. blah, blah blah. And it yeah. gets around to me, and I was like, I want masculine energy and then the lady's like oh no no you have way too much masculine energy and for the whole course she she would just be like she had a microphone like where where is the masculine oh there she is there she is she's like yeah like you've got way too much and I was never aware of that but now Mm. I find that it makes a lot of sense you know being Mm. a yoga teacher being a space holder being Mm. very comfortable Mm. leading situations and Mm. I love freedom and like telling Mm. people what to do Mm. like being assertive and I was just like whoa I never realized that I wasn't in tune with that shakti so Mm. I realized after that okay I need to be more in my body dance ecstatic dance Mm. super super healing to bring me back to that space and I'd love to of course come back to the sacred union but I know you also have some embodiment and dance modalities that would be cool if you could share for those who are like in their masculine Uh, and need to step more into the feminine oh totally totally (laughs) and you know i'm so i love that story by the way (laughs) it's like yes you know i love when people can be like "Uh -uh, uh-uh that's what i need this you know and for you to take that on as well it's really Mm. beautiful um yeah dance and embodiment i feel so lucky because um as i was talking about the sisterhood before you know i feel like for one dance has always been a part of me and i remember when i was young i did dance for like a few years when i was younger you know like classes Mm. and we did a performance when i was like five or six or seven (laughs) years old and we're super cute and i loved it but then I, I went more into like basketball and sports and, and masculine sort of mm. um, that side of things. But I remember that dance always flowed through me, always wanted to flow through me. And I always wanted to like perform and do these things and like show my expression. And I remember like my parents say like, yeah, like you, you were wanting to like perform and you'd always make up these dances <laughs> and songs and stuff. But I remember one time my yeah I was dancing in my kitchen I was probably about maybe 12 or I was young I was young I might have even been like 10 or 11 
and I was dancing in my kitchen and I was I remember being in this free flow <laughs> in my home so young but in this absolutely innocent mm. feminine expression really innocent but my whole body was moving you know my body was moving and rolling and and I remember it because I always used to just allow that to come forth and I remember my my, my beautiful sister you know didn't didn't know that she was saying this but I remember it vividly she said why do you always dance with your whole body wow. and I was like it's so funny because I don't have that many memories from my like I don't have so many vivid memories from that time but I do remember that time because all of a sudden I felt all this shame mm. like I felt shame and I was in such an innocence of moving my body but just that question that, you know, my, my beautiful, beautiful sister, I had no idea that she, she was only young too, asking. But, yeah, all of a sudden I, I felt this shame and that really carried with me, not just that instance, yeah. but that's, you know, an example of um, this shame that we can have around dance and embodiment and specifically for women, mm. you know, around being in their sensualness, that is different to sexuality. Sexualness mm. is different to sexualness, which is also amazing and holds a lot of shame, but it is a, a different, you know, it's a different part of the pond. It's like mm. sensuality is just feeling and breathing in our body. And so exploring that through dance has always been something that has innately come through me. That shame sort of carried with me for quite a while. And I remember when I went into my years of going out clubbing and partying <laughs> really hard, all I wanted to do was be on the dance floor. Mm. Like, my friends, whenever they wanted to find me in the club, they would just <laughs> go to the dance floor and I'd be, like, breaking it down, like, going wild. And mm. that's all I was there for, really. Like, um, And it wasn't until I connected with a group of sisters through the festival that I then started dancing with and they are some of my closest sisters to this day um and it's a sacred dance troupe called eclectica and at that time we were doing more performances at festivals um and now it's moved into like a whole beautiful dance school that my my sister is running um but that allowed me to unlock a lot of the shame Mm. that was there around feminine expression and dance and being with those beautiful beautiful women (laughs) you know some of my closest friends every day and just being in that expression and creating these ritual dance pieces to then show was amazing for me to be able to unlock that feminine expression side Mm. and to release the shame um, from within because I had that power of sisterhood wow. you know, next to me doing that and so from there that's yeah dance has come back into my life in a big way and I'm so grateful for the aesthetic dance group and also beautiful yeah. um, sister Runzi Oak in Melbourne um, and that's been a big part of my, my journey of coming into expression with dance of having a space where people celebrate expression and celebrate dance and 
really when I step into those places I just feel like it's one big worship of the divine feminine <laughs> so I'm like you are all dancing in here and everyone's like yeah it's a static dance but to me it's just like we're all dancing around this like goddess mama in the middle that you know her presence is there we can't see it but to me I'm just like yeah yeah this is like a divine feminine worship dance like <laughs> wow I love yeah. it I love yeah. it so much thank mm. you for sharing that and yeah, I think as you mentioned, like it is such a transformative, powerful healing tool. And mm. yeah, as we were saying, wait for those who do want to step more into that Shakti feminine energy, but maybe do have that shame or a little bit afraid. Mm. Can you suggest anything they can do at home to yeah. release some of that shame or, mm. or get more comfortable within that space? Mm, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like each woman's body knows what it needs in every moment and a beautiful practice that women can do and men can also do for getting in touch with their feminine too both men and women but it's just each morning and whenever they feel they need to but if they really want to work on it and really want to to delve into that is each morning coming to their altar in their sacred space holding a hand on their heart holding a hand on their womb or their belly around here whichever they feel connect with and just deeply breathing into that space Mm. you know taking a deep breath closing the eyes and just asking asking what do I need what do I need Mm. you know and the beautiful part of that is that we then listen and the divine feminine can have this space to speak to us. Wow. You know, we're creating that, that space. And through that, you know, we gain that relationship with our inner feminine. Mm. And ask like, what is it that you need? Mm. And listen and do, you know, if you don't, if there is that shame, so then I'll, now I'll address the part about shame as well. If that shame is there and the body says, I need to move, I need to dance, I need to feel my sensuality, mm. you know, you don't need to go to a space yet until you're comfortable with that. Just come into your own home, you know, put whatever you need on, put your oils on, <laughs> make the place lush like I love making my place so lush when only I'm home Mm. and and my my love is not is not there you know Mm. I love doing that when he's there but (laughs) but just for me just for Mm. me for my feminine embodiment time making it beautiful candles smells that a nice environment for me to be in Mm. and just yeah giving that love to myself and moving, dancing, what we may find will come up is if we are dancing and we feel a bit of that pause and some of that shame come up and those stories, you know, like you can't move your body in this way, you can't move your body in that way, Mm. is to really, again, come back to the breath, breathe through it, and I think go there anyway, you know. And sometimes it may it may feel quite rigid at the start, 
you know, because there are all those stories, yeah, all those stories. So it will feel rigid at the start. Mm. But if we can keep getting out that practice of listening, of nourishing and loving our bodies, that will eventually dissolve, mm. you know, because you're teaching your body, like, with absolute forgiveness and compassion. Like, I know you've been shamed for moving in this way or that way. I know you've been shamed for feeling like you're too much. I know you've been shamed for, you know, being too much woman or for people believing that you're so deep in your own sensuality. But Mm. with that compassion and that forgiveness, yeah, I think we can really move those mountains that are within us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and say to yourself, you know, I accept you. I, I accept all of you. Yeah, I accept your beauty. I accept your sensual expression. I accept your pain mm-hmm. and, you know, your fear and your grief. I accept all of it because, yeah, that's also like what the feminine wants is mm. just to be seen and, and, and felt and heard and, and accepted. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for mm. sharing that. Oh, so much. Well, all of it just deeply, deeply resonated with me. Mm. And I really loved what you touched upon there of this this concept of being too much mm. and um yeah this is i'm sure like many many women ex- experience this especially mm. women in their shakti and yeah something i've also experienced and i think what is so important to remember is that mm. we are never too much and if yeah anyone perceives us as too much that's their own shit <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, like very much. it's yeah. gonna be a shiva <laughs> like you know, like Kali dancing on top of Shiva with her tongue out, blood dripping. Mm. Like, that was not too much for Shiva. The divine <laughs> masculine. And you, you will find that divine masculine who, like you said, holds the space for you to be, quote, unquote, mm. too much because it never mm. really is too much. So mm-hmm. I really yes. love that you touched upon that. And mm. I think then it comes back to just calling in that divine union, the divine half who can match who can embrace all of that mm. shakti within you you know yeah. all of that oh just feminine mm. expression and um mm. which i guess kind of like weaves us back to this concept of sacred union and that beautiful yes. tangent that we went yeah, on I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah if you could if you mm. could share more about what that means now we have a bit more of an understanding about divine masculine and feminine and how to tap mm. into the two through it cool it's a mm. perspective yeah absolutely absolutely I love that and yeah I really feel like that is yeah such a big part of it Mm. it's coming you know coming back into ourselves and accepting us accepting ourselves as not being too much Mm. because I really feel like when we accept ourselves as not too much and we have that inner marriage because mm. you're like, I see you and I accept you. Mm. I see you, I see your expression, I accept you within ourselves. I feel like that's when you when when we call in sacred union outside of this body as well. Not outside of this body, but with others. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So will we speak into that with with others? 
Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so when we begin to harness that within ourselves, I really feel like it sends off that energetic frequency mm. of inner marriage, mm. you know, and inner union. And from that space, I really feel like that's when the magic begins to appear in your life and you see it blossom, you know. And I feel like the second part of that, then once that we're working with that inner marriage is the sacred union that we can have within our, our partnerships, you know, with our loves. So for me, I had a journey of when I was, you know, by myself before I met my, my beloved Adam. I was really working just with that a lot of time in in that portal of of with the divine and with my own body and working on those inner marriages and the way that yeah my love just sort of showed up <laughs> and mirrored exactly what I was mirroring within myself was just makes me believe in this work you know mm -hmm. it makes me believe that like yeah it, it's powerful and what he was mirroring within to me back to me was you are not you know you're not too much mm -hmm. yeah like every part of you is loved and accepted and what he still mirrors to this day is that within within me if i keep loving and accepting myself and all of me that just seems to be reflected back to me you know I see all of you and I love and accept all of you mm. and that takes the same acceptance and the same inner marriage for him as well you know mm. that also takes him doing his own work mm. because if he hasn't experienced that that the depth of the inner feminine within himself as well and and observed it and being that witness consciousness that we we're talking about and being able to marry that within himself then in the same way that i'm getting what's reflected of my inner work he's gonna reflect that back out to the world you know so his ability to be able to see me and be like you're you're held in absolute love and acceptance is really just, you know, a massive reflection of him hold, being able to hold and accept all parts of himself as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's where all that magic of the, the mirroring happens, you know, mm. yeah. And it all starts with ourselves. Mm, so empowering, so, right? Because yeah. I think so many people mm. will go out there like looking for love outside mm. of themselves. And I, I think, yeah, that is, the, that is the beauty of it. Like as soon as you find that love within, as soon as you love yourself wholly, then mm. yeah, you invite someone in who matches that level of, level of vibration first within themselves and then meets you there. So. Yes. Totally. I love that you shared that because yeah. I think it's this powerful, powerful reminder, like start with yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-love mm -hmm. always, always, yeah. always comes first. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. so true as well. You know, when we start to then talk about on the topics of, of love and, and partnership and relationship, 
yeah, we are, a lot of us, we are looking outside of that because we want to feel love. And especially, you know, back to again, like David Dider is like saying the feminine wants love. They want to be loved and adored and, and absolutely like relished, you know. And if, if we are not giving that to ourselves, how can we expect to truly, truly find that? you know mm. like and so a lot of us then are looking outside for that sort of love mm. like we're looking outside of like where can I seek that and grab that and like we've all done that and we've all we've all been there and we all do it every day I still do that in parts every day but it mm. really yeah I really feel like calling it if if it's like you're wanting to really call in that other that other part of, of you that person that can fully hold you and that can walk into those depths with you like yeah looking for that within yourself comes comes first and then that radiates out rather than us having to grab it and reach it mm. you know? yeah like I wasn't even looking to be in a relationship when I met Adam <laughs> it's, well, it's not that I wasn't looking to be in a relationship but I was going to Guatemala and like a couple of weeks when we met I was mm-hmm. <laughs> I was up like I was traveling I was you know I wasn't really thinking like oh I'm I'm looking for the love of my life my future husband and you know <laughs> I was I was on my own path and I think that's what maybe would have helped in a way call it in because I wasn't seeking mm-hmm. yeah and you're in alignment with the flow of yeah. your life and he was obviously <laughs> in alignment with his life yeah again for you guys to meet that I know mm-hmm. I know you've like gone over it with me a little bit briefly mm. when we when we met up recently, but if you would like to share with the listeners a little mm. bit about your journey with Adam and mm. no pressure, mm. but I just love, like no, I love talking about. Oh, that. I love, <laughs> I love, love. Yeah, I'm such a romantic, so mm. I really and I love hearing really, I love stories. And speaking <laughs> of it. It's just like oh yes, um, yeah, my beautiful love in that time that I was just speaking of where I was about to go to Guatemala and I, I was really just focusing on my own self and my inner marriage. Um, yeah, when we, when we met, it was quite incredible. I had actually just finished, I just had my, my first medicine journey. So this was, a, um, it was four years ago last weekend actually, we realized. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd had my first, um, weekends sitting with mama ayahuasca and cambo and some powerful plant medicines mm. and at that time i lived in um in a little teepee with uh some friends in the house and i was in the teepee on land and i was integrating you know the day after i was just out in my mm. teepee integrating writing all day and my my two friends come to me and they're like we're gonna go to this um you know conscious dance party with some epic artists that we love playing do you want to come? And I was like, no way. Like, I'm sitting here writing. We've just had this, you know, mm-hmm. done this huge work on a soul level. Um, but something in me was like, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. And I was like, what? It's like over an hour's drive. I don't <laughs> want to do that right now. Be around people. And, um, yeah, something in me was just, like, so strong intuition was like, you need to get there. And I remember I was just dancing because I was like, no, nah, I want to focus on my inner work. So I didn't want to, you know, out, output my energy and just be in random conversations with people. So I was just dancing the whole time and I stopped to 
to have a little um, break. And as I was walking out, so my friend was standing with Adam and I said hi to her. And then when I turned to Adam, I just saw like this huge golden light, like this beautiful bright golden light coming from his heart. And, mm. you know, I was still, I was, you know, deep, I was in that, that visionary world as well because mm. I was, you know, of the work that I was doing that weekend. And I just saw this beautiful golden light and he just looked so beautiful. And it wasn't that sort of beauty where it was like, oh, who, who's that? <laughs> it was, it, he obviously is, you know, b- beautiful in that way. But it was, this was like the, this deep soul beauty that something in me was like. And my first words actually to him was like, you are so beautiful. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so oh, I was like, anyway, I'm in, I'm in my dance world today. Like, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it then was a few months of just being friends around people until mm. we had some one-on-one time with each other at, um, at another a festival. And, um, yeah, as soon as we had that one-on-one time with each other, it was just like, you know, mm. boom. That was just this incredible incredible world to explore between us and it was really the like the first time that I feel like love and the energy of of love took me out of the mind play you know Mm. because like I said I was going to Guatemala he's also from Israel so he didn't he was just traveling in Australia um there was all of these things that the mind could have come into been like What's gonna happen here? What's in it? Mm-hmm. But I think the strength of this, the strength of this love, and the the strength and the the deep, deep. You know, I really feel soul bond that is there. Mm. Um, was just took me completely out of the mind and all the mind chatter. Yeah, and you know what I love about that is that. As you mentioned before, you were writing something to call in, you know, mm. you were like, I'm not writing down that affirmation to the universe of what you're, you're calling in. And I had a similar thing with one of my sisters where she was really like, really, like, what would you have? And this is before I met Adam. And I just actually went for it and started like saying actually this. And <laughs> someone who sees me that way and accepts me in that way. Ooh. And that's powerful because it all mm. came through, you know. And um, the beautiful poetry that I wrote three weeks before we got together sort of came through, like, through these visions. And I didn't know that it was, you know, there was really so much, so much magic in that and divinity and in, well, our whole relationship, but specifically in that period because, you know, something really wanted us to see each other on that level. Yeah, and I feel like writing that, yeah, speaking that into the universe, yeah, Mm. really has a big part to do with that. Wow, thank you for sharing Mm. that. My heart was just buzzing (laughs) as you were just sharing. I just feel, Mm. I can feel that love like animate from you as you're sharing about Mm. your Adam. I was like, ooh, I was taking that journey. Mm. Is this a spoken word that you were talking about? Mm, yeah 
I would love to share. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. yeah this is a beautiful piece that mm, I wrote three weeks before we actually connected. Mm. And um, I saw I was in I was in Bali, I was doing deep work in Bali and um, I just had this these visions sort of come to me and this poetry that I wanted to speak speak through and I picked up a pen and I didn't when I finished I didn't know who I was writing about but mm. yeah I'll share it in every moment our souls speak inside your embrace there is nothing that I seek and no scripture could ever teach such a static communion when we peek into cosmic climax bodies and sweat merging into one the moon yearning for the sun, mm. we become a single meditative state, both separate and one. Losing the tracing of your lips as they move past my hips, I lose control, orgasmic vulnerability of my entire soul, body shaking, head rolls, toes curl, bringing fire to all that was cold. You released me of my entire hold on the physical world. Out of body into soul, pure warmth, this cloud of bliss surrounds me, moving through the deepest valley, floating in your untamed sea. I see the sun eclipse behind the moon within moments I am consumed in your tender, courageous arms, somatic placing of the palms over the heart space, coming home to this very place. We are unified in this single embrace. Now at a slow moving pace, the divine space between the inhale and the exhale and every story that it entails, poetic notions from above as we surrender to this ocean of love. Mm. <sighs> wow. Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh. tearing up a little bit like mm. that depth that beauty mm. those words that you channel mm. wow sister thank you Ooh, thank you for sharing yeah. that mm, from a spirit platform mm. and what an honor thank you for speaking that out and i'm sure the, the listeners i hope y'all close your eyes and <laughs> took a few deep breaths like wow mm. beautiful mm. and i love yeah i love the power like we mentioned the power of writing our intentions like you just tapping mm. into spirit and receiving that because it's almost like you know like how the concept of time is non-linear and everything's happening at all at once mm. almost like your soul tapped into that timeline of you and adam connecting mm. and you were just writing what you were already experiencing mm. in a future timeline mm. so for that to be brought through and then experience it's just incredible oh, love that thank you sister thanks mm. for seeing me and witnessing me and yeah holding the space for that Mm, yeah. Such a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I really you know, that's a, a big part as well of that ability to to bring through and manifest is like feeling that already in our bodies, you know. Mm. If we can figure out ways to feel that which we wanna 
allow it to resonate through our bodies the mm. only way and I love what you said about we're already experiencing that you know mm. it's like calling that in by by sort of allowing that to resonate through your body already mm. yeah Mm. I'd love to share as well a little something funny that's also kind of similar mm. is like <laughs> this idea of writing down what you want because mm. I was writing a list you know when your phone knows iPhone you can make a little checklist yeah totally <laughs> I was like <laughs> writing down what I wanted in a partner based on what I was receiving that I didn't want mm. so when someone's like doing this I'm like oh no I want this yeah. and like based on my experiences with men I was encountering and I was receiving something I didn't want so I'd write the opposite Mm. and eventually I came to like I don't know like 25 points and yeah. I was like this is what I want in a partner and then my friends were like well this is a bit long <laughs> <laughs> well I know I'm worthy of all of it mm. and um it was funny because mm. when my beloved and I did have some time together mm. very you know we've said before very similar stories from mm. other sides of the world and then doing ayahuasca ceremony and here and just lots of similarities which is beautiful I remember reading out that list to him before I obviously knew him and he's like whoa like I feel like this list just describes me perfectly I'm like it does yeah. I'm like dick 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 <laughs> I was like holy moly this human being exists amazing it's oh, beautiful it's so beautiful that's it's so funny because it's it can yeah I have a similar experience when I was speaking to my friend we were actually on a beach mm. and we started speaking it to the seagull actually we were like seagull is you know um, which actually ended up being a powerful exercise for both of us and when I met Adam I remember calling her and being like I think I met the seagull (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so funny but it's you know Mm. it's true and I think the trick to that as well and it's not only with you know calling in that that beautiful partnership and relationship Mm. and sacred union um, it's not only with that, but I think with anything in our life that mm. we desire or we want to call in, you know, for first of all, it's it's really got to be for the greatest good of our evolution, or I really believe it's not really going to, mm. you know, come in. So that's where having the, the clarity for it to be in within, like, that greatest good. And then also it's like putting those things in, like this, 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 that, but it not being attached to how it looks you know like putting out there like this is what I'm worthy of this is what I'll accept and this is what I'm not but not being attached to how it looks because otherwise we'll get into that space of Mm. seeking again and that's like I said not just relationships but that's with everything if we're like oh we want to um, call in like living deeper within our purpose or deeper within service and we Mm. put out like okay I want to feel valued I want to feel passionate about what I'm doing I want to be valued financially I want to be um you know uh valued as a a person to my employer or whatever Mm. it is putting those things out there but not not attaching to the exact form mm. that it's going to come in like then it's going to be this job there at this time and that you know Beautiful. it's like mm. yeah the fluidity mm. Mm. I love that yeah like this element of surrender mm. so important I love that you say that because yeah like whenever I do the, like women's circles I'm like yes. okay when we write down our manifestations usually like in a letter or some form I say okay now write on the letter on the envelope yes. like I invite all of this to come into my life 
or something better. Yes. You know? Just like yeah. surrendering the ultimate power over to the universe because mm. that's ultimately where it comes from. We're just co-creating, you know, we're not in full control. Mm. I love that mm-hmm. you shared that. Thank mm. you. Yes, and I love that. That is a beautiful exercise and something mm. that, you know, like, yeah, it's so important that people write down as well or something better yeah because you just don't know yeah (laughs) limited minds don't know what the universer has planned totally yeah and we also only know what we've already been experiencing you know Mm. to some extent so something may be out there that we don't even know that we would absolutely love or desire or you know that Mm. that is in store for us to experience because we haven't experienced it yet so there's got to be that space where you yes. know it's not just us deciding <laughs> this is what i'm gonna have it's like mm. yeah like this this is the essence of what i need and this is the essence of um of what i'm calling in but yeah leaving room for the mm. the divine to to serve us what you know yeah mm. what's necessary beautiful mm. <laughs> there are a few other little things I wanted to dive into. Yeah. Um, I know that you mentioned you're in Guatemala, <laughs> and I know just from like previous conversations, the training you you were doing there. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that if you're open to mm. sharing a little bit about that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it was a few years ago that one, mm. um, but it's a magical, magical place on very sacred lake, Lake, lake Atitlan. Mm in Guatemala and I went to a beautiful center called Las Pyramides Meditation Center and on the banks of this sacred this sacred lake they have all these little pyramid structures so there's mm-hmm. the one pyramid structure like the temple that we all go to to practice and learn and um, there's also all the little individual pyramids that you stay in while you're there. So I was there for a month that time. I did a course. It was called the Moon Course. And it was from full moon to full moon was when we had our initiation and our sort of closing also um, ceremonies. And during that time, we have a pretty, like, beautiful... um, but you know deep deep work schedule it's like when you're there you're in retreat for the month basically Mm. you're not like going off and doing other things because it's pretty deep work um and it's basically what i could explain it as is like an introduction to the metaphysical world to metaphysics so all of these things that um i guess spirituality or coming more into familiarity with our spirit encompasses it's a bit of a foundational work of those mm. things so each day we would rise and have a sunrise meditation in the temple and do yoga um, and then each during the day we would learn sort of these foundations of topics um, that are just really I think important parts to learn of, of the journey and, and tools as well mm. um, and that would be anywhere from just learning more about prana the pranic system and a bit of um, the Vedic wisdom there but also how the breath is a important part of you know most traditions and spiritual teachings and, and learnings is like the breath is key always you know we know that it's, <laughs> so it was there was that element of, of prana and getting to know that but then we also learned a bit about astrology uh, about tarot um, 
And the last half of it, half of the month, was really about lucid dreaming and astral travel. Um, so what is it? You know, what is beyond this reality, this dimension here in which we are sitting on these chairs and we're speaking and, mm. you know, these four walls are around us. Beyond this matter, what is there? And um, the teachers there, like I, I deeply, deeply bow to them. I really hold them in the greatest respect. Incredible, incredible women, actually, that all run this place. Um, that had a deep understanding and experience of the different dimensions in which we move to and from all the time. And our consciousness has a spotlight on this one here because that's what we know. But this course was really about opening those veils or, you know, thinning those veils, mm. you could say, um, through dream work, through astral traveling and, and giving us those practices on yeah how we can we can do that because it doesn't have to be something that's so mystical that's there that's this far out thing you know these are practices that we can do every day in our life and we can experience them and it's actually not that's why i don't like calling things alternative culture or you know it's not they're not all these out there things it's something that every single human can experience you know mm. anyone that wanted to start doing dream work or astral travel and and you know experiencing those different dimensions they can do it they can do it without plant medicine they can do it without this without that like it's there mm. and and what that call showed me was like if you have enough diligence and if you want to put your mind and your heart and your body and your soul into experiencing these worlds and that work you know you'll experience it because it's our inherent birthright you know yeah so it's amazing amazing place i was meant to be going back there this year i was meant to be there right now they have a sun course as well and the sun course is from the equinox to the solstice and then solstice to equinox for three months and that is like a very much much deeper only nine people in that one and it's like deep yeah it's a really deep work um in the first one you do just a week of um, fasting and silence at the end in the moon course or not just a week but mm. yeah in the sun course it's actually 40 days of silence at the end and i have fasting so it's just clearing clearing the space for us mm. to get in touch with those um innate part of us that we do actually have but Mm. covering it with a bit of you know gunk and, and mm. the other parts in our life yeah wow mm, that's a magical place mm, really yeah. sounds it thank you so much for sharing about that and mm. yeah i love what you touch upon especially in terms of like this is not alternative because mm. yeah it is our natural state and why are we labeling like organic food why is that alternative like that's how oh, it was like, oh my god you know what i mean like <laughs> what, where do all these labels come yeah. from yeah yeah that's mm. super interesting and i'd love i'm just curious from doing that course from the full moon to the other mm. what would you say it was like the biggest lesson that came through for you or um, or a big challenge that you overcame mm. I'm curious oh, i love that i'll tune even deeper into that time yeah there's so so many i think though what really unlocked for me in that time was not to have 
fear around going into those spaces mm. because when you're you know I was for the last week meditating for about six or seven hours of the day wow. and um, doing the silence so you know nothing's coming you're not writing you're not reading you're not speaking absolute silence of the whole body and mind and some of the places that I could begin to go to there was fear there there was fear about stepping into that part and that dimension because we're sort of taught to fear it mm. and it's become unfamiliar when we're a kid it's not unfamiliar mm. kids are going there all the time like <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and it's only once we we grow up that we start to mm. get fear around it so a lot of what unlocked for me was slowly slowly breaking off those parts of fear that I was holding mm. in my body to yeah, stepping into those other realms and how important being grounded is, mm. how important while we go there our connection with the earth is because it's also really important that we do stay within this reality and here mm. and we can come back and talk about it and put it into words and begin to embody those lessons that we're learning there because mm. the point is to have this human experience and to be in this life mm. so how important that sense of grounding is yeah which which really comes back to to yeah embodiment mm. and our connection with nature so that was a really yeah really big part was undoing undoing that fear mm. that was keeping me from not exploring other states of consciousness really mm. yeah wow thank mm. you for sharing that and I, yeah i feel like fear is such a a prevalent topic right mm. now globally yeah. collectively mm. even internally with a lot of people and mm. obviously you were at this amazing training you were doing the fasting and the silence and all of these profound practices mm. but do you have a little bit of advice for people who feel as though they're, they're living from mainly the fear state rather than this place of love and surrender do you have any little tips of something they can do in their mm. daily life just to release some of that fear and step more into the heart space mm, totally totally and something that i do you know when i feel fear come up really beautiful little riddle practice that is based again around words and around somatic experiencing of the body mm. is when we step into that fear and it can come out in anxiety in many different ways to come back and take that breath and, and remind yourself how safe you are in that moment mm. you know reminding myself I'm here in this body I'm, I'm healthy I'm breathing you know I'm safe mm. I'm safe yeah reminding yourself of that presence and that safety because whether we're talking about exploring other realms of consciousness or as you mentioned having you know having the courage to live from the heart space mm. you know in our everyday life for me, when I can live in my heart space, what's really underneath that is, is feeling safe mm. and feeling like I trust where I am, you know, 
that plays out into so many things our relationships you know I can express so much with my beloved because I feel so safe with him mm. you know I feel that trust I can um, live in my heart space within my friendships because I feel that that trust and that underlying safety and I think it really goes for also our when we think about that our, our practices mm-hmm. whatever we're harnessing harnessing is not necessarily to always like have more heart openings and if we look at this in terms of yoga you know people are like oh I want to live from my heart so I'm going to do all these back bends and mm. these big like things that are bringing more pranavayu this you know the 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 action of the the movement of the wind that's moving upwards mm. actually when we bring that energy down and we work with say like apanavayu which is the downward energy or samana which is the inward energy it brings us more to feeling safe within our bodies because we're because we're grounded within them mm. and when we're safe that's when we can open yeah mm. go from the heart or explore those realms mm. wow beautiful i love that so mm. much thanks for sharing your your wisdom and that and that's it's interesting because i had a very similar practice mm. years ago where Anytime I did feel fear come up, I would repeat like a mantra. In mm. this moment, I am safe. In this moment, I am secure. And I would just yes. repeat it over mm. and over until I truly started to believe it. And mm. I would really sink in to consciousness, mm. to the heart. And also touching upon what you said with this, oh, we want to live from the heart so much. Because, yeah, essentially that would lead to an imbalance on the heart chakra, you yeah. know, imbalanced heart chakra. And then if your heart is too open, you may allow people to start walking over you or giving mm. too much mm. and not allowing your cup to be to be filled as well. So mm. I think that's really beautiful that you mm. mentioned. Again, to have this balance, like also give it up and bring it back into mm. yourself and down into the heart, the sacral, the body. Mm. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's where like it really has to be in balance, doesn't mm. it? You know, because it's so beautiful to have our hearts so open, but we also mm. need to be continuously checking in with like do I feel safe in this moment? Mm. Like, ah, where are my boundaries? And, and, you know, do I need to express something? Like, there's, mm. yeah, there's so much that comes with that, which um, is like a whole other topic in itself. But, you know, yeah, there's so much that comes with that because it, it yeah, it, it can just bring, bring more harm and imbalance. So it's like, yeah, constantly checking in, yeah, sure. to that safety. Mm. yeah I love that mm. it's so funny Carmela because I feel like I could easily have like an eight hour conversation yeah, totally. <laughs> like in all of these different areas like it's just mm. you know you have so much wisdom and experience mm. and practice and mm. yeah I would love to dive into so many more areas but I guess mm. we'll, we'll gradually wind it down but before mm. we do so I'd, I would love to hear about the work you do with women and your offerings mm. and your coaching and everything that you've got going on I think that'd be beautiful yeah. to hear about beautiful thank you yeah i feel like we could go for eight hours <laughs> um probably will yeah <laughs> um beautiful so yeah i have the absolute honor of of treating people from this this little space that i'm here that we're in right now in Bellingen. um i love working one-on-one with people whether that's in um healing 
and massage and, and working with some of the um, plants that I've done sort of like soft theatres with and connected with, um, bringing, calling those plants into the room and working one-on-one healing. Um, yeah, allowing, being able to have that space where I nourish other people just like really nurtures me and nourishes my whole soul. Um, but I mean, so much of my passion is working with women and all the juice of the divine feminine and the embodiment that we've been talking about so I do one-on-one sort of um, I have a mentorship that's called transformative arts where it is based on this um, these the three sacred rivers Ayurveda yoga and tantra so we're bringing that as a framework but we open it up to to dance to voice to movement to you know anything that sort of has to intuitively come through that space Mm. you know um, so that's yeah, like a three month mentorship that I work with women mm. with one on one, and I also do sadhana mentoring, which is working with people's daily practice in a way of balancing um, or looking at their doshic imbalances and mm. saying, okay, like we've got a lot of pitta, or a lot of us have, for example, a lot of vata, vata mm. and wind <laughs> energy, you know, guilty as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's like, cool, what practices are more going to be serving you? Mm. Um, and yeah, working more closely with people to make space for their connection mm. with the divine for that sadhana. Um, yeah, so that's mainly the, the things that I do to work yeah, with women, but I also... I'm about to start up for anyone close to Valentine. I'm about to start up a beautiful sacred femininity dance. Mm. Um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Meditation, working with dance to um, call in particular areas of our, of our femininity mm. um, and moving through them. Basically all those spots that we're working, talking about. Yeah, so, and also there's, you know, retreats in the works and there's this <laughs> and there's that, but yeah, they have mm. a, a website that's it's all there and all coming out of and yeah. Beautiful. Mm. I'm going to link that all in the show notes as mm, well so cool. people can check that out. And I really, I really hope mm. that, I know, I guess I'm leaving Bella like now mm. quite suddenly soon, but mm. if not this time around, I really call into the universe that I get to come and experience one of your sacred dances or one of your retreats at some point whenever that may be and Mm. I know that you do also have a a little bit more of a longer term vision popping Mm. up is that something you're open to sharing with that one absolutely I'm all about speaking it into the universe (laughs) for sure yeah so a long-term vision is Mm. um me and my my love Adam we have a vision that um, that we're calling in to play this year mm. is um, to have a, a piece of land that we can bring all of these practices into one space. And mm. so, yeah, it's, it's basically a, a space on land where people can connect back to their body and connect back to nature. That's what mm. it's all about. And, you know, it might be a lot as well about um, the Vedic wisdoms, but it's also um, any sort of like, yes, that work Mm -hmm. of the spirit that wants to come through. So 
we want to create sort of like a community space for everybody to come that has a big workshop and space for people to hold retreats and for mm. us to hold retreats as well. Yeah, so like a little hub of just this this beauty and goodness. And um, my my beloved, he is all about the plants in a big way. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's uh, he does organic growing and and horticulture and permaculture mm. and so his dream and his vision um what well before we met each other actually he had the dream and a vision to have a space where he could do this and practice this online but also teach other bring people from the community and and teach them how to grow their veggies and how can they connect more to growing their own food and allowing people to get their hands in the soil a bit mm you know, and, and learning, how can they empower that? So that was his side. And he, before we met, he was like, I always wanted there to be like a yoga sort of center mm. there. <laughs> that, you know, that's not what he would be teaching. He loves doing it, but mm. it's not his, you know, plants is his thing. And um, for me, I always had the dream of opening up this incredible, beautiful space where people could be in their expression and, mm. and in their, their um walking walking the, the path you know that sacred path and mm. um and i always wanted there to be an element of connecting to growing our food because that is so important um but again that wasn't my study and my thing so we realized that we were completing <laughs> each other's visions we were like whoa <laughs> yeah mm. so we're in the process now of of um calling that land in and mm. um when we do, the first thing is to get natural building on there, to get some people that um, that do natural building and have those skills to share mm. so that we can then host that for community around us and those, those um, tools and that wisdom can be passed through because mm. that, you know, that growing and natural building, that's also something, you know, a whole other side of all my passions, but it's so important mm. for... I feel like the future of all of us mm. can't really keep going in this way. It's not yeah. really <laughs> like, you it's know, not sustainable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Mm. So it's a center for that whole new world to, to be and for people to just feel loved and yeah, that's mm. our vision. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so mm. much for sharing that with me and the listeners. It's so, it, yeah, it's an honor to, to be able to witness your vision as you were sharing about it, I could feel it, I could see it all unfolding mm. and I can't wait to come and come and visit. Oh yes, sister. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, mm. please, please come mm. visit. And likewise I really hope that also we'll be in the mm. part of the world together again where I can experience mm. some of your circles and classes and things. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. Wow, what an honor. I would love to just wind down. We've gone through so much and there's so much more as we mentioned, but I'd love to wind down the interview with just another soul. Yeah. If you're open. Totally. Okay. Mm. Oh, this is very relevant. Oh, perfect. <laughs> of course. What kind of food elevates your whole self? Do you eat? What do you eat that sustains your spirit as much as your body? Mmm, I love that. Mm, love that. Mmm. Well, now that I'm now that I'm in this warm up weather, 
and in this this climate because I have such a pitta nature ever you know pitta also there's like a kapha in my in my prakriti my constitution that that there is enough fire in my body so I really need to look at the cooling foods and I need to watch like what's you know not having too many of those stimulants and adding that fire to my body so for me what really helps me seat into that is like having those those really wholesome like root vegetables Mm. and yeah those things (laughs) that are like grown in the earth I always love that and maybe that also is my catholic my my catholic very you know, earthy nature. Like, I love the idea of eating, like, a potato. Like, <laughs> things that have been just cuddled by, mm. you know, cuddled by the earth until they're ready to come out. Mm. It's so beautiful because, you know, that's, yeah, coming back again to, like, being more in touch with our food. Mm. When we look at the way food's grown, we actually feel like that's what it what it gives us you know mm. and that's it's funny actually that i mentioned sweet potato because that's totally my thing like potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um but mm. they do they make me feel really safe and cuddled and mm. whenever i've finished a ceremony or a big retreat or something a weekend like i actually really find myself and my partner always laughs at it and we have these other jokes about it but that I do just want to eat those you know, <laughs> sweet potato. I feel like it cuddles me and it, mm. it keeps me grounded and it keeps me cool. And um, yeah, so I, I love that the way it makes us feel is also the way that it's it's grown. Mm. Like nature giving us a big, big mm. hug until we're ready to go out <laughs> into the world on someone's plate. <laughs> mm. I love that so much. I've never mm. thought about that. I had an idea before of, yeah, like how it's grown is what it's what us. I think yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Pleasure. That and chocolate, you know. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really We're just like surrounded by yummy vegan mm. chocolate right now. Mm. It's beautiful cacao, yeah. Mm. I'd love to kind of end with a few little fire questions. Mm-hmm. If you're open to that. A little fire round? Fire round. So just oh. like random little cool. questions you don't have to think about. Yes. Well, you don't have to I think love it because you're in flow. But yeah. Okay, so if you could go back to your 18-year-old self mm. and tell her something, what would you say? Mm. <laughs> when I was 18, I would say that your body is so perfect as it is and you are so beautiful. You are everything that you are is, is yeah, absolutely, is absolutely perfect, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be and why? Uh, <laughs> that's so cool. I think I would really like to. Oh, but that's so cliche is to fly. <laughs> I just feel like at the moment we're really, we have to be here. Mm. And, you know, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I would love to fly. Mm, I love that. Very astral vibes. Mm. <laughs> astral travel. Mm. And what is your favorite food? Or you, or you just, just mentioned Oh, I think like the potatoes and yeah. the sweet potatoes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the purple ones? Mm, taro. Are the, oh, they called, is that, that, that called taro? 
I don't know. There's like a Chinese one. I haven't really tried them, I don't think. You sell them yeah. at the local markets here. Yeah, oh, cool. Getting one so good. Anyway, well, so or a mango. Oh, mango. mango. Yes. Juicy, juicy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Mm. Okay, one last little question, which I ask in all of the episodes, is if you were to go to the moon and you have all of your basic needs met to survive, what one personal item would you take with you? Hmm... <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> tricky one yeah I want to say a book but then that's so <laughs> like you know once I read that book there's only one of them so, <laughs> um, oh. wow that's a tough one <laughs> I don't know Possibly it would be a book, possibly mm. a roomy book. Yeah, possibly some beautiful roomy poetry. Mm. Just to remind me of that, you know, that, that beauty. Yeah, the mm. beauty and the, the human expression. Mm. Mm. I love it so much. Do you mm. have any other books you'd like to recommend the listeners, by the way, that have helped mm. you on your journey? I know we mentioned the other day the Red mm-hmm. Tent. Yes, I feel like for every woman, like, yeah, The Red Tent, it's a beautiful, beautiful tale, um, tale but story um, about, yeah, way back when women, you know, having a space to, to bleed and, and a tent where they would go to honour their menstruation, they would go to honour each part of their life, they would give birth in this tent, it's all about um, also midwifery and mm. um how that was all at play back in ancient times so yeah the red tent's a beautiful book mm. yeah thank you for sharing that i can't mm. wait to read it okay so what i would take is my kindle to the oh, <laughs> true. Good thinking. hundreds yeah. of books totally and just like load it up before you literally go <laughs> yeah and yeah as i mentioned i've downloaded it because i read like six books at a time because yeah. i'm gemini i haven't got there yet but i'm i'm looking forward to it but um, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before, mm. we, before we sign out? Mm. No, I just feel like what I would love to share is that like if there's only one thing that we take in, it's that we can always look either into ourselves or to nature for the answers. So, you know, like... Mm. Because it can get a lot, there's all these embodiment practices and there's this and there's that and modality and this and that. But if we really want to simplify it, like our bodies always know, and also nature is it's the, the mother healer, you know, it's mm. the greatest healer. So if ever it's, it's all too much and it's, it's overwhelming to be like, oh, this practice and what do I need? Yeah, nature. That's where we. That's where we need to go. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you so much for for being in this space with me and sharing so openly and vulnerably. It's been such an honor to have mm. you on the show, and um, yeah. Thank you, mm. sister. I'm really grateful in the way in which spirit led us to connect, and totally. Yeah, I really yeah. feel that. You know, despite being on different parts of the world, I feel like there's there's gonna be a tie that links mm. us back together at some point. So. Me too. Mm. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, my darling. Yeah, so mm. so grateful for 
this beautiful connection that's formed and mm. yeah thank you also for holding this divine space for other people to also listen and for stories and voices to be heard yeah I really honor that and mm. I really see that so thank you so much I hope you enjoyed this powerful, powerful conversation with beautiful Carmela. Definitely check her out on her Instagram, her website. Have a look at her offerings. She has some really, really amazing offerings going on, especially with women's mentoring and her transformative arts program. She's also got a new offering with two of her other sisters where... Um, I think they've got a bit of a package going on where you have a a session with Carmela for embodiment and an astrology reading session and then a a womb healing session I'm pretty sure and they've kind of got that in a beautiful little package deal which is awesome so for sure have a little look and see what resonates and yeah also Carmela is one of the beautiful beings along with another beautiful goddess Chris who I interviewed recently who I also got to stay with in Baron Bay by the way last week which was amazing um if you haven't heard my episodes with Chris part one and part two check them out because they are so good Chris is a spiritual author and has published a bunch of oracle card decks and also mentors women um very very inspiring so these two beautiful goddesses um really were a catalyst for me to step into my own power as a role as a mentor for women as this is something i've been really naturally been doing my whole life uh, without being consciously aware that oh i'm mentoring right now i'm in mentor mode it's just kind of it's a part of who i am essentially so Thank you to these two beautiful goddesses who have really, yeah, inspired me that, yes, this is a path I can graciously wander down. So this is something that I'm also now opening up. Um, You can have a little look on my website to see what I'm offering. I've got a couple of videos. You can download a PDF guide of the areas that I can specialize within. And yeah, if it resonates, you can just arrange a free consultation with me and just see where we go from there. So very, very exciting for sure. And yeah, if you feel that this episode helped you in any way, if you learn anything, if you feel like it would help someone else, please, please, please pass it on to a friend, share it on social media. It really, really helps um, when you guys just share um yeah when you just share along because this is the power of community right this is using our own power that we have to help others and ultimately when we help others we're helping ourselves because whatever we put out into the universe we receive right back which is so so beautiful so yeah i'm very grateful if you'd like to pass it along if not that's totally fine too um if you want to keep up with my journey at all, you can just check out my Instagram at the vegan yogi traveler. I'll be there. Feel free to send me any messages. And yeah, next week we have an interview with my beautiful sister Alicia. She so graciously shares with us her journey of how she went from literally being CEO boss ass bitch vibes living in London living the high high lifestyle and the highly paid role as a professional woman who also had a cocaine addiction um yeah she transformed from that kind of lifestyle to now being this beautiful hippie backpacker traveler who is so spiritually aligned and is really really on her path and is healthy and is happy and she shares a lot about that and 
especially other areas she's passionate about especially in terms of the environment and yeah it's a really really great episode with lots of laughter so that will be out next week until then i send you so much love thank you for tuning in